Mediocre Gay, the podcast with David Ian and Kate Dale. The show that plums the depths of mediocrity, celebrates the ordinary, and enjoys the everyday. Hi everyone, welcome to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. I'm David Ian. And I'm Kate Dale. What have you been up to that's mediocre this week, Kate? I have been wandering around Canary Wharf, shouting and swearing. <laughs> because Just for clarity, everybody, that is not just this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, it's most week. Uh, the office I work out of has recently moved there, not of my choosing. This is why you've recently been significantly later to most things than normal. Yes, because Canary Wharf's... Whichever entrance I come out of, of the various tube underground, everything changes all the time. Insert your own joke here. Um, it just changes all the time. And so I'm constantly lost and late for things because I seem to never be able to find my way back to the office, even though I've been there several times. And the signage is terrible. And it's not, I mean, that's particularly worse. I end up walking around literally swearing out loud, but not quite on top of my voice. Very alliteratively, though. So I won't use the word because it is... Mm. Not good for podcasts. I mean, this, swearing, is what we, but... this is what we call delusion because you were often late. Yes, because it's not just... It. Canary Wharf is particularly bad because it's a very confusing place. But signage in London, street signage in London, so that's really what I want to moan about. They don't put street signs up. So you're saying, oh, I'm trying to find Paternoster Row and there are no street signs. And so you're where the fuck, fuck is it? And because I'm normally late, which some of that is on me for possibly setting off too late, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But then when you're busy and late and there's no street signage or... The house numbers, the building, they're different. So sometimes it's, you know, odds and evens, like it should be, like in normal cities. I realise this is niche for London, sorry, to our international global following. Just be prepared for when you come to London. Sometimes they'll go all the way up and then all the way down on the other side. Sometimes it's odds and evens, and sometimes they don't put the numbers on. So with businesses, they don't put the numbers on. Are you trying to find it? For the sake of our listeners and viewers, do we have a guest this week? Yes, we do have a guest this week. I don't know if I've got any listeners left after that. But if you have managed to stay through that, well done. Um, and it was probably only because you couldn't find your way out because of signage. Who have we got, Kate? All right, okay. So we have a really interesting guest this week. They're all really interesting. But this week we have the amazing Alexi Walexi, who's a character comedian and host of Lippy. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Uh, so tell us about what you do and your show and... So, yeah, I organised a night called Lippy at the Glory in Haggerston. Um, and it's a lip sync extravaganza um, with... Um, it started off as kind of audience participation. So you can basically, and this is still the case, you can buy either a ticket to perform or a ticket to watch. Oh, wow. Okay. I kind of don't emphasize the audience participation part, although I did just lead with that. Yeah. Um, so it's, still, it's, a work in, it's a work in progress. Um, uh Basically, the the quality of the lip syncs has kind of elevated quite a lot over the over the months and, and years, in fact. Um, so now it's sort of like a, a jamboree of like 10 to 15 lip syncs all on a theme. I do a different character each time. Um, and that character goes through some kind of transformation through the course of the evening. And then I bring on all kinds of lip syncers who do anything they like. I've basically done no quality assurance at any point in the whole, this whole process. And I believe that is a very good thing because people feel very free then. Um, and uh, all they have to do is loosely uh, fit in with the theme of the night. So we've recently had Halloween, we've had love, we've had cartoons, 
all different kinds of themes. Um, it's also really good even if they don't fit in with the theme, it's quite nice to shoehorn it in in some way. And you do a different character each yes. time. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, so I've done Alejandro, who's a sort of um, uh, kind of Latin lover, who's a poet but doesn't realize he's really bad. Also a web programmer. Um, he kind of sees beauty in everything. Um, like he goes on Grindr, doesn't quite understand what's happening to him. Um, Isn't that that's everyone familiar, who goes right? on Grindr? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It, it, in fact, that is kind of what I'm getting at. It's, it's taken, basically most of the characters take everything to an absurd degree. Um, so they all end up being quite lovable um, and, and sort of stupid. Yeah. That's I love that. my and you took it up to Edinburgh. Uh, I did. I took a version of it. So basically because I had, I realized after a, a year or so that I had quite a few different characters, some of whom I really loved. Um, and I kind of made a, a solo show based on those. Wow. Um, and how was yeah. that experience? Intense, I imagine. It's really intense. It's one of those things. I, th I think it's like, it's more akin to, not that I've climbed Kilimanjaro, but that's kind of what I've, it's like one of those <laughs> things in life where it's like- Just a nice relatable quote. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean it's, that you get altitude sickness and someone else is carrying your toilet? Because that's what always seems to happen to people I know who've been at Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, they hire porters. The people I know who have been at Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, they hire porters to carry their toilets for them. It's, it's just, true. Yeah. My dad did actually climb, climb, that's probably why I'm saying it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Someone's job is to carry the toilet. I, know, I, I find that problematic. It's a bit strange. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, what I'm trying to say is that it's like- Who carries that? toilet <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> i presume they're allowed to use your toilet wow i mean that would be harsh if they then had to go and yeah. dig a hole i mean i think it's quite harsh but yeah, making I'm, them carry no, a toilet I agree. I'm, not, I'm not climbing mount kilimanjaro anytime soon if i ever do i will carry my own i didn't realize that there was all these people walking up a mountain with portaloos yeah yeah I, why, why don't they just have some fitted I sort of regret bringing up Kilimanjaro. Um, back to back to your show, which is not Paul Tullo related. It's not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. It's what's a, what's a better analogy? It's just a really tricky. Um, it's one of those things where when you've done it and people say, "How did it go?" You're like, "I don't know." How long do you like? What what level of answer? What level of depth should this go? So I've got I've got enough distance from it now that I can just be like. Fine. <laughs> That's the question. What you mean is you're thing. not bankrupt, which I think is always a win. Yeah. I mean, basically, I was really proud of the show that I did. That's the bottom line. Like, I think I put on a really good show. Um, and the reviews were very good. I saw loads of different, like, comments, like, audience comments. And everything. Oh, that's true. Really yeah. Great. Audiences really loved it. Um, I did. I got a couple of, like, um, professional reviews. What I did was I took all of the best quotes of, from them mash them up into something that no longer represented what, I think maybe this is what everybody does, uh, what they actually said. And so a lot of no people comment. saw, I did an Instagram post that a lot of people saw and they were like, oh my God, you had amazing reviews. But it's like, it was a lot. I literally took the individual words and rearranged them into sentences. So you uh, could just do that with letters yeah. and then just yeah. make up words from the letters. Yeah. That's another way At to At this go. point, just write your own review. <laughs> well, that would be quicker. Kate Dale, <laughs> exceptional. A legend just in her own lifetime. Word. Okay, amazing. Are you going to go back next year or? No, I'm <sighs> what I'm trying to do now is just think more, less in terms of festivals and gigs uh, as kind of milestones and more like, what do I, you know, shift the focus more onto what do I want to create? What's the most important thing I want to create? Who do I want to work with? And 
how do I achieve that? And then look at the kind of timeline of what's available and see how to yeah. fit into that. I feel I've, Edinburgh was great. And I think it's really good to, for me, like I'm very much sort of at the bit, maybe the end of the beginning <laughs> of this. And um, I think it's great to just bulldoze your way into something, make shitloads of mistakes. And uh, you can't really go wrong, but I don't want to do that. That's, I've done that now. I've done the thing yeah. where you kind of are a beginner. You want to like level it up now. Yeah, I just want to be a bit more, I kind of know what I'm good at, what I want to work on, what I'm about, what interests me, and just focus on that. Um, yeah. I love that. Amazing. I was going to ask about, so, so what I'm interested in is the so you, character comedian and mm. then doing lip sync. So what's the crossover, or is there a crossover, mm. between character comedian and drag and doing lip sync, and what's what's one and what's the other? Mm. It doesn't, probably doesn't necessarily need, to be defined actually I'm being very binary actually probably isn't I don't no know. it is I think it's interesting to think it's something I do think about um it's one thing it is something where I kind of find it hard to be put in a box in a in yeah. a way like I just it's not something I consciously think about but what I really think interests me definitely interests me is like the interaction with the audience that's like quite central to uh, obviously like I said it's sort of audience participation mm. but not in a scary way um and seeing what I can create create in that moment like that's something I've really noticed in Edinburgh is um I realize I just said that a little bit like gap year in Edinburgh yeah what I really noticed was that um you know you do the same show in the end including the previews it was like 28 times or something um I've never done anything remotely like that before and just how every single night is so different in ways that were beyond my control in a great way. And so, sorry, this is a very roundabout way no. to answer your question, but that, that kind of thing, that interests me more than thinking about how I get there. Yeah. Um, and what's ended up happening, I think that um, a strong point I have is big characters. And so I've just gone to the, the things that um, I'm better at. <laughs> um, I, but who knows, maybe I, I have done one stand-up gig. Maybe I'll do more of that. Um, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. And how did, how, did, how did this night come about? Like, where did the idea come from? How do you yeah. get to the point where you've created a night that's ended up, like, you've gone all the way to Edinburgh. Mm. It's a big hit. Like, how do you, how did that start? Um, I had a party at my house in 2019 for my birthday. And uh, to be honest, I've been just watching a lot of Drag Race. That is where it, it comes from, I have to say, which is great. Um, and I just wanted to do a lip sync party. Like a kind of, at the time I would say karaoke. Again, it's moved quite far away from karaoke now, but, um, and that private party was great. I know, so my background's actually in improvised comedy. So I know a lot of people from that world too, my friends and so, the party was full of prima donnas um, and uh, it, it was just a great feeling. Like we were, that section of the party where we all got up and did lip syncs was like a, you know, lasted an hour. And people after me, uh, people afterwards said to me, um, that was weirdly good. Like the, the quality was weird. It was genuinely an entertaining show that randomly came together. You should do this publicly. So I had that at the back of my mind through mm -hmm. the pandemic. <laughs> and then basically we came out of the, uh, free, you know, when, when basically when it became possible to put on any any kind of public yeah. performance again, that very week, I put on the first lippy because I thought it feels like the worst time, but it's actually the best time. Um, so 
I think every single person at that first performance, this is May 2021, uh, that was the first public event that they'd been at in six months, uh, you know, because we had the little mini yeah. relaxation. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was something really magical there. Uh, and then, yeah, and then it just built from there. That was a, a smaller venue, not the glory where we are now. Um, and uh, yeah, it just, just evolved from there. It was never, I always, and even now I, I try, I'm trying not to think too far ahead. It's always just like, I just want to make this next thing as good as it is. So it was always just like, okay, let's do it again in two months time. Um, and just create, I'm really interested in this thing called New Weird Britain. It's like this sort of movement that's um, about creating a spontaneous thing in the moment that you, that uh, I think the rule, the sort of general conventions are that you don't promote it before or afterwards. That appeals to me because I just hate promotion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really yeah, absolutely. The hustle is not the reason that I'm not promoting it's because I'm really lazy and bad at it. <laughs> yeah, I hear um, you there. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, that was a roundabout answer to your question. It's just evolved and evolved and evolved. Okay, yeah. right, let's get into some questions. So what does the word mediocre mean to you? Okay, so I looked up the etymology of mediocre. I'm a translator by trade, so there was no way. What up. language? Uh, German and French. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I was really surprised to see that it's middle rugged mountain. I think you found this Did before. You? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like... So in a way, and those three things are very much not mediocre. They're great. Middle, the middle way, Thank balance. Thank you and obsessed today, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps coming out. As long as I've got someone with my portfolio on that rugged mountain. Yeah. Yep, something else. Very um, rugged. Who, who doesn't like rugged mountain? So, yeah, anyway. I, Why is it a rugged mountain? What? what? Oh, I don't know. It's just what Ochris means, apparently, yes. in Latin. I also didn't know yes. this. Um yeah, but so anyway, I looked that up. But, but yeah, I think mediocre basically is when um, it's something. It's when you say something about something that could be better, as in like it feels like it's been phoned in slightly, but uh, it's not necessarily doomed to be bad forever. That's the, kind of what I feel. Potential. There's potential yeah. there. Yeah. But a bit of. Yeah. I'm staring at you so you can ask the oh, next okay. fucking question. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to say something. Cut this bit out, Matt, because she, you have to ask the next question because I just asked this one. Okay. That's why I'm like... <laughs> weren't feeling well. Um, Hang so... on, let's... You can come back into it now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, unlike us, because, yeah, we celebrate mediocrity. So with that in mind, then, what would you mm. like to celebrate that maybe everyone else thinks is mediocre but you think is really rather brilliant? Lip syncing. Yeah. Um, see, maybe I'm not quite that bad at promotion. <laughs> it's like, wow, well, there's a theme here, <laughs> and it's mountains. <laughs> I'm actually organising a trip to Kilimanjaro next week. I would like to carry really, your toilet. You guys have done some great preparation <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, no, lip syncing. I think people think of it as a bit naff and mediocre. Like, it's not considered a high art form, let's say. Um, and yet, I think that there's something very magical. I think if you hit a lip sync, even it just even just a, like the basics, you're just literally getting the words approximately correct. It's never bad. Like it's always, it's always a kind of magic trick. It's like a very very easy form of ventriloquism. I think. And I was thinking about why why it's so for me anyway. Why why I think it's so magical is. It has to do with the, 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 I think the biggest tragedy of being a human being is, is, is like that you, 
it's quite hard to like fully connect. To, we're always looking for ways to connect to each other and we feel that at varying degrees depending on the time of day and the time of our lives mm. and whatever. But lip syncing kind of, I think, um, in, uh, what's the word? Sort of embodies or is a kind of um, an entertaining way to show one person literally inhabiting another person before our very eyes. And uh, yeah, be, sort of being inside one another, so to speak. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get closer. You can't get closer than that and sort of channeling channeling something. I don't know. There's some kind of magic there. I, I, you're making me think about it because I've mm. probably been a bit, if I'm really honest, dismissive of it. I haven't actually been to an EP show yet, I should say, so I would never be dismissive and it sounds incredible and I will mm. be going. But um, mm. probably, and I think particularly doing the, um, oh, I'm taking it back to drag now, but British drag, the American mm. drag and our experience of it. And, mm. and I've been, oh, I prefer British drag because they sing and blah, blah, blah. But the way you're talking about it, it makes me think of it in a different way, I think. And that idea of it being more of a, a sense of self-expression and self anybody could, with practice, anybody can do it without relying on do they have a good voice or musical talent or anything like that. I mean, presumably you do need some to be able to do it well. But mm. anyone can do it if they work hard at it. There's fewer barriers, I think. Yeah, I think you have, I mean, it's literally somebody else's song. It's somebody else's mm. everything. Um, and... Yeah, and then you just, you pace, you sort of um, come into the middle of that and, and oh, what's the, I'm trying to think of an image. It's like that that's the shell and you can kind of break through the, sh and you sort of burst yeah. through the middle of it. Oh, sorry, touching the microphone. Um, and yeah, so I think, but I don't, don't get me wrong. I also think that there are different qualities of, mm. like it's not that they're all the same standard. Yeah. Um, so I have some questions. Yeah. So Please. the first is, do people, I, I, do you think people think that's mediocre? I mean, I would have said with a show like Drag Race, lip syncing is now really high profile and massively celebrated. I mean, that's literally yeah. how they decide the winner. I'm thinking that probably most people in the room and most people listening and watching probably think lip syncing is a great thing, but I'm not sure that we're necessarily representative of the whole Do you know lot. what? Yeah, maybe, and yeah. I think that, I, I don't think it's like seen as, um, I don't know, like a waste of time or, but I, I don't, it's definitely not seen as kind of like high art. I think it's seen as a bit naff and silly. I mean, what I've yeah. seen of um, the acts that do your night, mm. they create whole characters. Mm. So I think actually when you're like, they're inhabiting um, you know, it's someone else's song, it's someone else's everything. One mm. of the things that from what I've seen um, of the people that come and do your night is actually they've created their own character. And really all it is, is the other person's words. And they've created like this whole, like you've created characters that go with it. So I think it's actually much more creative yeah. and that, but, <laughs> what Definitely. I can't get out of my head every time I hear people talk about lip syncing that I can't believe more people aren't mentioning and never mention is that uh, in the 90s and the noughties, mm. lip syncing was what all the pop stars did on TV because they yeah. never sung live. Can we talk about the Millie Vanilli scandal. Was it Millie Vanilli? It was, was Millie Vanilli. I'm too young. And this is actually the beginning of my show, it, oh. uh, it, my Edinburgh show, which I might be bringing back to London at some point. Watch this space. Um, is the history, a made up history of lip syncing, uh, which does include one key uh, real thing that happened, which is the Millie Vanilli scandal where they were revealed to be, it wasn't even their voices, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. There's, yeah, but there was the whole thing on top of the pops. It, again, it was vilified. It was not good to be seen as lip syncing. Uh, yeah, but I think we've it was a scandal, that. wasn't it? I'm yeah. not just using that word lightly. It also makes me think about how 
sheltered we were back then that we got upset about such things. Well, but... I remember when um, Steps, because I don't like to go too many episodes without mentioning Steps. Hi, H. <laughs> <laughs> he watches, you know. Um, <laughs> no, he does. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> no, anyway, um, but I remember when they did that show where they came back together. You know, like they, so they split up. And then 10 years later, they came back together and they had all their, like, we'll get to know each other. Mm. And then they did this tour. They, I remember them interviewing about the fact they were really nervous because this time they have to sing live because that's what happens now. But they never used to have to mm, sing live. Okay. So they were much more nervous because when you're dancing and you're doing everything else, like, it's much harder to keep your voice mm. good. And I, like, that is something that's really changed over time because it was vilified, you know, girls allowed on this morning or whatever. Or Lorraine. Yeah. Oh, the whole top of the pops yeah. always was. Yeah. Mm. But there that's, I mean, I suppose the, I feel like this is going to be a whole podcast series of the Millie Vanilli scandal now. Probably quite sure, wouldn't it? But um, <laughs> it, it was a deception, isn't it, I guess. And I think, and that sort of, um, I'm trying to think of the right words to say this, the character form of, of lip syncing, which Lippy is, isn't it, and what you're mm. doing, where, like yeah. you say, it's taking something and creating something new and extraordinary. And I think that's a bit where you see people's self-expression and what it means to them. Yeah. And I'm thinking of some of the ones during lockdown, um, one of the groups I was in, we did lip syncs and then did lip sync competitions where we all filmed our own and then shared them during lockdown. Yeah. I did Evita. <laughs> Don't cry for me, Argentina. From my bay window, so I made my ex-boyfriend, I wonder why he's an ex, uh, stand in the middle of the road while I lip synced to the balcony scene. It was amazing. I did the dress, I crocheted uh, the flowers. For, so I was Madonna, obviously. So I crocheted the flowers on a silver dress that I had. Got a chignon. Lovely. And practised the, the arms. The arms. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Wow. My lip syncing is terrible, though, so I was like always just nanosecond out. It's really hard to do it incredibly it's tight. it's like that when she talks as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really hard to concentrate, actually, because I'm hearing everything two seconds right, later. Right, right. Which is a <laughs> itself. Yeah. This is actual ventriloquism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have to sit next to each other. <laughs> well, no, no way. No, no. no. Yeah. Um, okay, so what is mediocre about you? What's mediocre about me? I'm um, quite pedantic. And the reason I'm saying that is because I believe that that's actually not a form of mediocrity. So I'm using this as exposure therapy. I'm using the word pedantic in an incorrect way. And how is it making you feel? <laughs> From the look of your faces, it's not going amazingly well. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think you're like, I don't understand what you're doing it, right now. <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> no, I'm, um, so in another life, I'm a translator. Uh, we talked about this. Um, and uh, I have to think, I mean, I think basically my main thought for the last 15 years of my career has been, what exactly does this word mean? Um, and how can I, yeah, I'm just defining what translation is. How can I say this in a different language? Crazy, amazing, really groundbreaking. Um, and, uh, and so that becomes, um, there's actually a way of saying this in French. I feel like this is going to be really pretentious now. Deformation professionnelle. So like basically, uh, when you do something professionally, it kind of makes you less capable in the rest of your life because you can't, you don't know how to switch it off. So think, thinking about exactly what a word means and whether I'm using it correctly yeah. is very good in my job. It's quite annoying if I'm bringing it up with a friend that they've used a word incorrectly or if I'm constantly interrupting myself because I want to say things in the correct way. That's, uh, yeah. So my need to correct people's grammar in Facebook posts and Instagram posts comes from me being a sub-editor, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. Or a mad old bag lady. <laughs> Both. 
You'll be able to find our podcast in the education charts this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, are you, how are you pedantic? Like, Right, okay. So an example of how I'm pedantic. I used to work for uh, in-house as a translator um, for a big company in Germany. And uh, I once said to somebody, they wanted to move a comma in a sentence. And I said, if we do, and I wasn't trying to be funny or silly or light in the mood. I said passionately if we do that it goes against everything i believe in um and um so i think i'm hearing dramatic rather than pedantic <laughs> hyperbolic <laughs> megalomaniac control freak because presumably what you were saying was correct like it would have been incorrect presumably it would have changed it, to be fair it was genuinely in, an incorrect placement of a comma right. <laughs> but i i don't think to be honest to be pedantic about my own i don't think it actually went against everything i believe in because not everything i believe Quite in basic basic commas, commas, <laughs> yeah so god yeah like i have no opinions on qatar hosting the world cup only interested in commas exactly <laughs> that's it <laughs> putting the comma into comedy oh, oh that's good see so sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. David, you're lucky to know me and don't you forget it. Right. So uh, tell everybody where they can find you and the show and get all the information and how they can book tickets and everything like that. So the show, Lippy, is on advertised on Instagram, Lippy Lip Sync. Um, so check that out for the next one coming up. It's just th- at Lippy Lip Sync. Yeah. At Lippy Lip Sync without the H. You can spell you can spell lip sync in two different ways. A bit of pedantry coming through here. Yeah, um, without the H. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, it's at the Glory in Haggerston in London. Um, I'm also I've got if you want to follow me, that's Alexi Walexi Comedy also on Instagram. Um, yeah, and the tickets for Lippy are always Is that on- spelled how it sounds. It's spelled how. It- how it sounds, yeah. Alexi Walexi comedy. I think that's a funny thing to say because. Uh, but what in the English language is spelled how it sounds? Yes, but also you don't know how something sounds to somebody else. That's very philosophical. Oh, yeah. Alexi. I mean, this is like when you're five years old and you realise that what I think of as the colour of Ed might, what I see as the colour of Ed might be different to what you see as the colour of Ed. Colour blind. Well, there you go. You were going to say, well, we can get tickets. <laughs> you can get tickets on OutSavvy. As well. Great. Yes. Yeah. Completely interrupting your promotion with my nonsense. No, please do. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't encourage it. <laughs> uh, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. David Ian. You can check out my website, davidian.co.uk, and you can see Mediocre Gay, the actual show that inspired this podcast at Vault Festival on the 25th of January. Tickets are on my website. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at KTS Dale, where I will be promoting the link to my Evita YouTube lit sync. So that's something <laughs> to look out to. Basically, it's the only reason why we had you on, so I had an excuse to share, you, share that. That's not true. That is not true. That is I not... didn't know she had that. I might not tell you. Yeah, so yeah, KTS Dale. Um, and as well as all the links that David said, you can also buy Mediocre Gay merch. Uh, links on my bio on Instagram as well. And we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mediocre Gay Pod. Or share your mediocre secrets with us on MediocreGayPod at gmail.com.